Hello and welcome to D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today we're chatting with Ben Faze and Kevin Niehoff, co-founders of early stage buzz brand Pretty Boy. Listen to this one for a deep dive on branding and product, including how a clever play on a locker room chirp turned into branding gold, and why Pretty Boy's philosophy is balling on a budget, as well as the best ways that self-funded brands can cut costs while still looking their best. Hope you enjoy it. On with the show. The founders should be showing themselves from a growth hack perspective. Our CPAs were high 40s, high 30s, up until Kevin made these two really just awesome UGC ads. And now it's like all content that we're trying to develop is around that true UGC style. Social proof is the name of the game. There's a deep yearning for trust and transparency and authenticity. And people can like tell right away when that's not coming through. Don't be afraid to get on camera. Don't be afraid to just ask your friends to tell their actual opinion. We're seeing what people can do on TikTok now. And so that I think has been kind of our growth hack is just once you find that thing that works, dedicate all your time to replicating that. That's what's getting us the sales. That's what's growing us. In 2023, say goodbye to operational constraints and skewed demand predictions. Printful Enterprise is here to take all of that off your plate with white label on-demand production. Reach your global customer base with more cost efficiency than ever and offer them a wide range of premium quality products from apparel to home decor. Printful will fulfill pack and ship orders all under your brand. Team up with a player who will always be dedicated to your growth. Team up with Printful Enterprise. We did at D2C and we've never looked back. Learn more at printful.com enterprise. That's printful.com enterprise. Join the team. Yo, pretty boys, welcome to the D2C podcast. How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Thanks for having us. Stoked to finally be on. Yeah, dude, this is great. I'm glad we could connect. Who can tell me the story of why you created Pretty Boy? Yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll probably both touch on it a little bit, but just quick backstory. Ben and I, best friends from college, went to Ohio State. Both kids, you know, right when we first met, were those two kids always talking about wanting to start a business together and just, you know, sitting in our dorm room trying to figure out what can we do, you know, fast forward. Now we graduated in 2016, so fast forward to now. We've been working on Pretty Boy for like three years. Um, COVID hit, I ended up taking a class um, on Founder called Start to Scale on how to kind of grow your business, e-com. You know, COVID hit, we were all home. Um, and kind of looking back, but Ben and I both dealt with our own skin issues. Um, we've actually both been going to a dermatologist for over 10 years, Ben dealt with acne growing up. I was diagnosed a little later in life, um, playing football at Ohio State. My freshman year, I was diagnosed with sabriatic dermatitis. You get these red breakouts all over your face. Something that really affected my confidence, you know. Consider both of us confident individuals, but didn't have a skincare routine growing up. And when you start getting red breakouts on your face freshman year in college, you don't really know what to do. It really does affect your confidence. I was the kid that was hiding makeup below my sink. And, you know, we're taking this course and we're like, hmm, maybe there's something we could really do here. Both been, like I said, going to Derm for 10 years and the big box brands that we could only use that our dermatologists would recommend didn't really align with us from a branding perspective, but also men and women really want, you know, the same thing out of skincare to look good, but we're different consumers. We want different things out of our skincare products. And we didn't feel that there was a brand out there that really met those. But at the end of the day, we wanted to build something that's more than just a skincare company, which I'll let Ben touch on. Um, yes, we sell skincare products, but the plan building this was always to be something more than that. Nice. Well, we'll get into that. 
But I want to hear first, this was a point that Ben brought up in the pre-interview about how essential it is when people are maybe on the sidelines wanting to get into the D2C game, how the first most critical step is quite often finding a partner who really complements your skills. Can you, Ben, can you talk a little bit about how you guys complement each other? Yeah. Um, I mean, we always say we're, we're kind of like the perfect compliments. Like you said, you want to find someone that has very complementary skill sets, but different skill sets. So they work well together right out of the gate. But then you also want to have very similar personalities. So Kevin and I have one of the you know core ethoses of Pretty Boy is not to take yourselves too seriously. So we love to have fun. We love the same activities. We have very similar interests over time, but we're very much aligned on uh, like having different actual skill sets when it comes to the business. Kevin, I knew like, and we always joke about this, if we were to start this solo, um, there's not a chance in hell I could ever make something look as cool as Pretty Boy has. And I know that, you know, right out of the gate, he's very visually creative, um, has a phenomenal aesthetic and, you know, just watching the way that he can take like this idea that we came up with together and show it in a way that is going to resonate across the masses, which has been really, really cool to see be validated. Um, and on the inverse, uh, you know, I think Kevin knew that there were certain areas where, you know, those were things that haven't always been the things that he's best at, but we're always trying to improve on both of them. And so he found someone, thankfully it was his best friend, uh, who was kind of good at those things. And it allowed us to kind of just fuse together. And, and throughout that whole process, communication is so key. You got to bring up the things that are bothering you. You've got to complement each other's successes. You've got to construct each other's, you know, areas of opportunity. And more than anything, you've got to trust. Like you pick that person for a reason. So defer to them on the reasons you pick them. If it's about how we're going to make something look cool, I'll give all the ideas in the world. But at the end of the day, I'm like, no, man, I mean, you're infinitely cooler than I am. So why don't you, you know, you got to make this decision and, and make things look as cool as it can be. And I, I think that's why we've worked so well to this stage. Kevin's getting all the accolades. So Kevin, you tell me what, what, how, how Ben completes you in the founder uh, relationship. Yeah, I mean, I think he hit the nail on the head. You know, not one of us could do this alone. I'm very fortunate. Like since day one, when we've decided like, hey, if we're going to start a business, like I want to do this with you because of how well we complement each other. You know, Ben talks about like the whole branding, you know, I always kind of put it as like the metaphor is like a car, like you look at a car, you know, it's very cool, maybe a sports car, you can see yourself driving, it's what attracts you to that car. But at the end of the day, if that car, you know, has horrible performance and can't drive, then you're never going to buy it. Ben's really the guy behind the wheel driving this ship or driving this car, sorry. He's so strategic and, you know, I like, you know, for a great example too, as far as this like brand goes, you know, I'm somebody that, you know, when I have a vision, I'm go, 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 thinking way too far in advance. One of the best things that, you know, we could have done, which I would say to your listeners, you know, I tend to sometimes put the cart before the horse. We were very so strategic in the beginning for what our customers want out of skincare. And this is a, you know, credit to Ben. A lot of people like to build a brand first. We were very intentional for what guys want out of skincare, what exactly, you know, from a brand perspective, from a copy perspective, from how this website set up and then built the brand around that. We always say, you know, like sometimes it feels like we're data rich, but knowledge poor. But when I was looking back, when I heard that quote for the first time, Ben was such a key factor in the beginning of being super strategic for how we built this company and then build a brand around that. And I think that's why I've really found some success early on. I'd love to talk product for a minute. I, ben, you mentioned some of the methods you used to get that validation that this was what men wanted. Can you talk a little bit about product development for those, again, in the audience looking to get into it? 
Yeah, I mean, one of the things, and I know we talked about this on that pre-call, is, you know, for anyone looking to get into things is always just take that first day and just try to get one step further along in the process the next day. Um, when it comes to product development, I mean, Kevin touched on it, and it's funny, I mean, literally either of us could answer for each other for half of the questions we get asked. That's how much time we spend together, and you always hear that about co-founders. What we did, you know, rely on the tools that exist out there that are free or paid, something like a survey monkey. And so what we did is, like, I always say, go and ask your co-founder, go and ask your best friend, hey, this is a problem I have. Have you ever experienced this? And if they say yes, then you kind of go to the next one. You go, okay, let's go to a, a circle of bigger people. Have you experienced this problem? They're kind of echoing the same things. Once we did that and we knew that there were guys who, again, found that the products in skincare for guys were complex, had the wrong textures. We knew, okay, I think we can scale this idea and better understand it. And then we launched a 200 person survey monkey kind of really catered around key characteristics you'd look for in a product, what you'd expect out of the results, how many steps you would want in a basic routine if someone was telling you that's all you need, uh, really understanding how our target consumer, and this went out to people in the network and out of the network, how they would evaluate something like that. And those those data points, that first 200 person survey, really led us to isolate out like the top three things that guys care about in this space. And that's results, texture, and simplicity. And so from there, it was very easy, or I shouldn't say easy, because you know all this is really difficult work, but it becomes a lot easier when you put in that groundwork. It was very, you know, the, the process was streamlined for us to work with our manufacturer and say, these are the absolute most important things. How do we meet this so we can tell the story that again, like Kevin said, we wanted to tell. And we always knew the story we wanted to tell, but you have to have perfect harmony between, I mean, people talk about the product market fit all the time. Perfect harmony between product, what the target consumer wants, and then how that brand shows both of those things. And, and that's where it was really fun. And actually asking it, what what does Pretty Boy smell like? What do men want Pretty Boy to smell like? Is my question. That's one of the things we were really playing with on, like what you know, sense, you know, what what, what should we have in that? But at the end of the day, um, one of the things we did find is I needed a product one I could use, which is from like a sensitivity perspective. If you do have a scent, you really increase the risk of causing sensitivity. We wanted to be a product that as many men could use as possible. Not every product. Not every brand will say this either. Not every product will work with everyone's skin. That's just a fact. Everyone has different skin, but we wanted to try to reach as many men as possible. And so taking a scent out is something that, you know, we were passionate about. That's how we got the seal of acceptance. So it is scent free. It's safe for sensitive skin. Um, and we did find just throughout data talking to people that 70% of Americans do actually classify themselves as having sensitive skin. So uh, scent was kind of off the table from the very beginning. I like it. Yeah, my, my current skin regime does not have any smell. I was just, it was a trick question. So I'm glad you weren't like roses. Like, <laughs> no man wants that. Very cool. So we, we talked product development. There's, I, I, I'm really interested in the brand. To me, it's such a, it's a really strong brand. I, you know, the thing that I first noticed about it is, you know, the domain, which is Yo Pretty Boy, which is not just a, an evocative term. It's literally an interjection. So it's like literally like it's reaching out and grabbing your attention, which is a really valuable thing for a brand to do. Yeah, I think that when you look at how we came up again with the name, which is Pretty Boy, which was intentionally provocative, like you said, um, you know, Kevin, and I always say we're from Ohio. Ten years ago, when you got called a Pretty Boy, like it was an insult. It meant you cared a little bit too much about how you were portraying yourselves. Um, and we wanted to use that for kind of the fuel for how we would change the way that men view this whole industry and how other people view guys who take care of themselves. It's 2022. Everyone wants to look good, feel good, etc. When we looked at that name, and then again with the provocativeness of the name, it's very easy to look past that. As 
is I think you said something kind of like a cheeky, it's a cheeky brand name. Well, once you do that, you kind of do set yourselves up for criticism or doubt about the credibility of the brand. And so I think that for us, Kevin always talks about this. We needed to find that perfect fusion between clinical and lifestyle. So we did all the back end work on the side of getting the product to be accepted by the National Eczema Association, multiple blind surveys conducted through a third party against industry competitors. But then on the brand side, it was so, so, so important for us to make it very clear that although we wanted to be inflammatory and draw your eyes in immediately, be alive and engaging right off of the bat, that we also had to show it in a way that reflected people's lifestyle. And I think that if there's one thing about our brand that we would always want people to take away from it, it's that it's supposed to reflect the customer more than anything. It's not just our dream brand. Obviously, we're living out our dream by creating it, but it's actually meant to be an embodiment of characteristics. Pretty Boy is not a definition of any demographic. It's not a definition of you know masculinity or anything like that. Pretty Boy is a combination of various different characteristics that allow for our customer base, hopefully, to not only see themselves in it, have the emotional tie to a problem they face, an emotional challenge they face, something hard they're going through in adversity, but then to also make them kind of have that motivation to lead that more aspirational, inspirational lifestyle. And so our goal is to be a resource for guys that when they engage with the brand, uh, they very clearly see a path forward for whatever they're dealing with. You know, even the most confident man in the world, like Kevin said, we're both confident individuals, but there's times where that self-confidence does kind of creep down and that self-doubt creeps up. Um, and that's where we really wanted to show the brand through again, that, that extremely credible clinical brand, show that lifestyle in a fun, cheeky, provocative way, but then really bring it all together by highlighting our customers and showing them all over the place and making sure that we reflect them in each and every day because that's what we look for as a brand. And those are the brands that we've latched onto in the past. And those are the times where even if we loved a product, maybe didn't come back for another purchase because the brand just wasn't us. Kevin, what would you add about brand? I, I just love the logo. You told me a little bit about the story about the logo, but again, it's just got, it walks that line of like fun and, and stylish. Yeah. I mean, a couple things like one, you know, we talk about always utilizing your resource. We struggle trying to find the right logo. Um, we went through a bunch of different designers like Ben, I think mentioned Upwork, which is a great resource to kind of find designers. We actually, you know, diving through our network, one of our close friends, sister was an actual designer who went to school in New York. Don't be afraid to reach out just for people listening to, you know, everyone in this entrepreneurial world is actually so willing to help. You know, if they don't know, if they don't have the answer, they might know someone. Um, we got connected to a designer to, you know, who really hit the nail on the head. Like I said, we're trying to be this, you know, Nike of skincare. You don't think of Nike as just shoes, this inspirational, aspirational brand, but we wanted to have fun with it. And the logo really needs to reflect that. So while you might go to our site with this high quality, you know, footage that has this inspirational, aspirational feel, um, we wanted the logo to also portray that funness with the curves. You know, this is skincare, you know, guys, you know, we want them to be relaxed when they see the brand. And then also just a touch on like the branding in general for your listeners, like it's not new. You see a lot of people say this, but really lean on those brands that you think maybe outside the industry would align with your customer base. You know, my dad always used to say growing up, some guy made a billion dollars because he's decided to put wheels on a cooler because he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to carry that thing. Find something that really worked and then just expand on it and fit it towards your brand. We do that all the time with Nike. Cuts Clothing, um, Robacks, a golf brand that's really been blowing up. We do like to utilize these industries and these brands that are growing quickly outside um, of skincare and try to leverage that and kind of put our own spin on it. I wanted to dive in, Ben, a little bit just on the, the actual validation of the product you mentioned and the rigor that you went through. Can you describe the blinded tests that you went through a little bit with, uh, with dermatologists? 
Yeah, so one of our key things, and, and Kevin actually is the one who kind of tip, or like initiated this talk track on this, which I found to be a very interesting point, is when you look at, there's other brands in the space that have made their entire product market fit about a certain ingredient. So like CeraVe with ceramide and hyaluronic acid with Neutrogena. So when we looked at that simplicity, when we looked at the texture and we looked at the results that people were craving, specifically when it came to our product, our goal was to say, okay, Ingredients are only effective if they're used at certain concentrations, but even without knowing the concentrations we're using them at, which are all validated to show results and have been well studied on various different, you know, PubMeds, et cetera, can we stack up not only with verticals in our space, so other male specific focused skincare brands, but some of those most dermatologist recommended preferred brands and going back to, you know, Kevin's challenge of eczema. Um, so we basically enlisted a third party. They specialize in clinical surveying and the survey format was extremely simple. We basically asked a question of which of the following uh, formulas do you find yourself most likely to recommend to a patient trying to target dry skin, signs of aging with like parentheses, fine lines, wrinkles, crow's feet, etc. Uh, irritation and redness and hyperpigmentation because those are the top things that came back from that first survey data that guys care about and it was really interesting to see that just by the quality of our ingredients again concentrations weren't even shown on that document uh, we blew the men's brands out of the water by like roughly a 2.5x margin um, and even some of those biggest brands in the space the Cetaphils and CeraVe's we beat in the like 1.5 to 1.8x margin so what that did for us was again we are so passionate about transparency and authenticity. I think that's something you're seeing countrywide and nationwide right now. It's just the desire for truth, transparency, and authenticity. We then felt so, so, so confident. We always say we always knew we had a banging product, but we had to make sure that the people who are directly responsible for treating patients in this space would agree with us. And for us to see that come back against some of these brand names was just massively affirming um, and create an entire story around it, which again led to that perfect fusion of clinical preference, but a lifestyle approach. And you know, these dermatologists treat guys very differently than they treat girls due to compliance. So we've leaned heavily on some of that validation along with the National Eczema Association as well. What does something like that ballpark cost to run clinical things like that? Can you do that on the dime as well? Or how does that work? Yeah. And I would love to, I mean, even that does lead into just like that whole concept of balling on a budget that Kevin always says, which is so funny because it's true. I mean, we bootstrapped the hell out of this thing ourselves. We saved up for five years. We haven't taken a dime of outside investment. We're super, super proud of it. It's truly our baby. And every single sale we've made has come directly from our money, our messaging, and that's really affirming. And again, we'd love to be a viral brand, but that's just the way that it is. And as that comes, you know, we can take confidence in that. Uh, you know, the short answer to that question after the long answer is yes, you can do that stuff for cheap. Um, those surveys for us came in around uh, $1,500 per survey of 50 respondents. We did run the survey a couple different times. So, I mean, I think that early on when you're trying to get early validation, especially because social proofing and credibility is so immensely important, you know, those are things that you can do that are relatively affordable, that have the credibility behind them, allow you to have that story. And yeah, it can definitely be done balling on a budget. And it's a two-way street as opposed to just going to get a product and then paying for people to give you their feedback on it. That's a very different thing than what you guys did, which is this, in, you iterated you know, on the product and used that data to really inform what you were going to create, which I think is a, an important distinction for sure. So we've talked about validation of the product. What have been the biggest growth hits and external validations, whether it comes to with sales, uh, you know, people endorsing you or, or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we always reach out to your network, but I think some of the t key factors for us is that we're doing this the right way. Like Ben said, you know, there are people that have funding and some people are getting viral. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we do got to be more patient. This is, you know, you're in it for a long haul. You shouldn't get into starting a business if 
your overnight success. That doesn't always happen. But last week, I think some of the big validation points were launching on Revolve, Revolve Beauty, um, their massive e-com site. Um, they're very particular about the brands that they allow. They have a lot of quality women brands on there and to be one of the few male-focused brands that get accepted on there, especially being a new company, um, was a huge validation for us to kind of give showcase that, hey, you know, we're going about this the right way. Um, on top of that too, you know, you see like PR is like obviously pretty big. Everyone knows you can pay for PR, but we organically got shout out on GQ. Um, that was a huge factor, I think, for us that, hey, you know, people are starting to take notice that, you know, this self-funded brand by two kids from Ohio um, really did their due diligence, really are building a brand that uh, men are actually taking a liking to and actually are wanting to use. And if, if I could bounce off that, Eric, just to add on to that, you know, with the growth hacking, because he put it so well, but also one thing we've learned, and, and Kevin's really good at doing this. I mean, one, if you just look at him, it makes a little bit more sense anyways, but like the founders should be showing themselves and people like from a growth hack perspective, our CPAs were, you know, in the, the high 40s, high 30s, up until Kevin made these two really just awesome UGC ads. And it's just him. He doesn't even say he's the founder of the company, but it's just him talking about the product and showing some of his eczema and showing the impact it has. And so from a growth perspective, I mean, it's crazy. We were in the 30, 40% month over month growth while we were still figuring everything out and God, did it take a while for us to figure this stuff out? But once we started seeing what was working, then you do growth hack that. And now it's like all content that we're trying to develop is around that true UGC style, showcasing the features, but then really highlighting the benefits, the confidence, the impact to you being able to go about your day. And so, you know, these past two months, we've been growing at, you know, it was 69% two months ago, 70% last month. Um, we're really starting to find our stride. Those CPAs are going down. And that's what it really comes down to is you got to just test, 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 test. We were very fortunate enough to get some high profile people, both in the athlete space and in the clinical dermatology space, talking about our product early. And so obviously social proof is the name of the game. Like I said, there's a deep yearning for trust and transparency and authenticity. And people can like tell right away when that's not coming through. And so, I mean, to anyone going out and do this, like, don't be afraid to get on camera. Don't be afraid to just ask your friends to tell their actual opinion of what they're doing. I mean, we're seeing what, what people can do on TikTok now. And so that I think has been kind of our growth hack is just finding that thing that works. And I know it sounds about as obvious as possible. Once you find that thing that works, dedicate all your time to replicating that. You know, that's what's getting us the sales. That's what's growing us. Normally here, you'll hear my announcer voice telling you about one of our partner's great e-commerce SaaS businesses. But today I get to tell you about my thing and invite you to C-Suite Mastermind, Las Vegas, March 23rd and 24th. 2023. In September, we ran our first in-person mastermind in Victoria, British Columbia. It was a smash success and a clear sign to keep bringing together the top minds of our industry for concentrated learning and relationship building events. So now we can all meet up in Las Vegas, March 23rd and 24th, just ahead of Shop Talk. Check out directtoconsumer.co slash events to see the lineup of amazing mentors we're bringing to the table, including the Midday Squares trio, the founders and operators behind Obvi Collagen, Mini Katana, Kuru Footwear, and more. So whether you're building in CPG, health, apparel, or even bladed weaponry, we're going to have the content and connections at C-Suite that make a serious impact to your results in 2023. So that's directtoconsumer.co slash events. Viva Las Vegas and let's go. Kevin, how do you feel about being the, uh, the face of the brand uh, so far in the ads? Well, Ben's very much in there too. I mean, it just so happened that I happened to get red serious breakouts all over my Good. face. And then we were so fortunate to be able to build a product that can actually yeah. help with that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, 
it's really been fun. I mean, Ben nailed it. Like, I mean, UGC, don't be afraid to get on the camera. You've seen this shift, and I love your opinion, Eric. We're starting to see this shift, especially with influencer marketing, where now, I mean, influencer marketing has grown so much. Influencers cost so much money, and especially for a new brand, you when you count pennies and dimes, right? You you can't just test on an influencer and hope you hit. Now it's kind of becoming a focus where people are loving to dive in and really understand and be a part of the brand growth, be a part of the founder's story. So to Ben's point about don't being afraid to get on camera, don't be afraid to get on to tell your story because people are rooting for these small businesses. People want to be part of the growth. And you know, I, we're kind of seeing that trend in the industry where people are latching on more to brands versus influencers getting paid to talk about why you should buy this product. What does the growth roadmap look like in terms of like, are you going to be trying to do it more on the organic side? Are you going to be investing heavily into advertising? I guess you are. Your CPAs are going down. You're running all this stuff. Do you, I love the, the idea of the Nike of skincare and I, you know, I, I'm aboard. What's going to get you there? What's going to be the big thing that gets you there? Do you think? Is it just more of the same high quality stuff with more budget? We may have two different answers on this. I'll, I'll give mine. Um, I do think that right now, just because of where we've gotten to and how we got there, right now, one of our biggest important things is really optimizing all of our sales channel delivery through the various marketing channels. At the same time, as that gets optimized further and further, and we're getting to way healthier CPAs that do allow for us to see the forward trajectory of what those will do to the business, that also does open up time for us to work on more of the organic growth. And I think that there, as we all know, there is such an immense desire for that and market for that. Some of the things that have helped us get there is as we continue to have more and more operating income, it allows us to take on more partners that can help us do tasks. Something we haven't really talked about yet is that it, it really is just Kevin and I behind this thing. So there's no one else really involved. As soon as we can free up more of our time from day-to-day -day management. So like, you know, this month was the first month we've actually worked with an agency that has freed up a massive amount of time and those CPAs are coming down. So then that allows us to really, we want to work on that organic growth, even stuff like being in front of the customer, we do, you know, pop-ups in the Venice, California area, like flea markets, you know, we, we've done various of those at different fitness studios, stuff like that, is it allows for the organic one-to-one -one customer relationship that, again, is what creates a truly lifelong customer who feels engaged and part of the brand and feels part of the growth. Um, but in order to do that, you have to get all of those automated sales channels working as best that they can so that then you're not sacrificing the growth that comes along with that to then prioritize something that early on, you know, isn't making us money. Organic isn't necessarily making us money yet, but you can see the pathway to it based on the engagement we're getting. So that's my answer. But I know, again, we think very differently. So there's a chance that Kevin has something different to say about that. But that's kind of, um, you know, where I think we can get to that place. No, I mean, I, I would honestly agree with that. I mean, my, I, you know, as you learn so much starting a business and my uh, mentality has definitely shifted you know organic is especially with TikTok and the growth you see it all the time like get on TikTok get on TikTok get on TikTok it is becoming a little tougher i would say early on like what we did is we did start finding some success because we could test at small dollars with facebook if you can really figure out facebook the automation platform especially if it's just two people running it it really does become a huge factor because once you got the AI going, then you were just, you know, you're pumping. Um, and we were fortunate to be able to figure that out early on. Um, but TikTok, if you are low budget, I would say you don't want to spend money on Facebook. That is an area where you can start focusing your time to figure that out. We just took the path of, you know, 
because this is the age of it's never been easier to receive information, learn how to make content. We took a Udemy course on how to run Facebook ads. We kind of went that path just based on mentorship advice from um, people like at Cuts, people at Roback. Um, we went that route, but I'd say, yeah, figure out how to automate your process. Focus on one. Don't try to focus on both. You know, you're starting a company, start nailing one and then work, worry about the other. We started with Facebook um, and then now we're starting to shift towards more organic. I love the story of you guys just like growth hacking through buying courses, like literally learning how to do the shit you need to do by going out there, finding credible courses. It's a really neat opportunity for people in this space looking for success, whether it's free resources like this podcast and newsletter or very specific, you know, education courses, that ability to just like kind of in the ethos of your brand, like make yourself better all the time as like the default in a way you guys are embodying it. It's awesome. I mean, we always say we want to go into every conversation, every room as the dumbest person in the room because chances are we are going to get better. And the fact we've gotten this far has been through that hard work. But again, if there's a gap we have, go find a course. If there's a gap we have, go find an influencer marketing specialist, an agency specialist. And early on, again, to your listeners who are considering doing something like this, just rely the heck out of the people that are in your network and ask them for advice and tips. Um, and each day, again, like you said, get a little bit better, figure out a little bit more. And you know, to, to end up that whole kind of organic conversation is for anyone that is considering this, anything that does well on organic, chances are it will do well on a paid ad. So you can figure out a bunch of stuff, even in the R&D phase, even before you're a company of what's gonna work. Like I, that's one thing looking back now, we had so much empty time in the product R&D phase where it's like, well, we just don't have anything to do until this gets done. And it's like, man, if we had really been just nailing certain concepts around TikTok and understanding that game then, I think hindsight's always 2020. But if I was starting this company today without any of the things we'd done, I think like leverage the heck out of those platforms to see what engages with people. Cause you could find a golden nugget similar to like what Drew at Victory found like just randomly. And all of a sudden then it's like, wow, this can skyrocket our marketing strategy. Totally. YouTube Shorts is also the new one. That's the, I think the opportunity that exists right now on YouTube Shorts specifically is just astronomical as well. And now, and, and everyone's competing to even start monetizing. Anyway, I wanted to ask because I think you guys have a real potential to be one of those buzzy brands, right? Like when it comes to your design, when it comes to how much thought you put into the product, you have that opportunity. You already are, right? By From being listed on Revolve and being uh, featured on GQ. How are you, th I guess you, you guys are gonna just keep doing what you're doing. I hope you keep getting those things. But are you thinking of ways that you can optimize to like really stay a top of mind, like buzzy brand? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something like, and especially as like a founder, that's something you always have to be thinking of. Like, I feel like even, from two years ago, the age of social media has changed so much. Like now it's like weekly and almost daily. It seems like thing different trends are happening. That's something you always have to, you know, be aware of, you know, as far as like new things we're trying to do, like, I mean, that's stuff that Ben and I are talking about every day. You know, we're always scouring the web, scouring TikTok, scouring, you know, what's going on in the world. You really do have to stay up to date. So then you can kind of monetize that trend. I think with our approach is just be different you know, stand out, be different. Dude, we, we got into skincare to do things differently. And we want that to kind of be how we approach everything from marketing, from copy, from product development, just be different, stand out, build that brand the way, you know, you'd want it to be. 
And, and Eric, I do think to that point is like so much of that now you hear this word, especially like God, when the NFT phase was going absolutely insane. It's like every discord, it's about a community. But like there is a lot, a lot of truth to that. And another reason why, again, like with us not coming in with a ton of funding where we immediately were really beholden to certain revenue and growth metrics, I think a big part for us is growing that community. And so to Kevin's point, like being different, it's like when was the last time at an early stage that a brand was really getting out in the community and throwing events. So those are things we want to do is like get out there and do events, not only around health and wellness, around things like mental health, another key component of why we want to do this. I mean, both of us have struggled immensely with the mental challenges that go into starting a business and all the adversity that comes along with that. Also doing things with other founders. I mean, this is like why when we found your community, I mean, it was like that so far, one of the biggest growth hacks was finding D2C podcasts. Um, That has been immensely helpful to us. And so I think when you look at staying a buzzy brand you know how buzzy can skincare really be unless you're you know kylie jenner's brand or like a summer fridays thing it's like you know they're especially with guys guys this is so new to them so it's like the way you stay buzzy is by like we always say being more than a product you know we distribute skincare products we sell confidence and an aspirational lifestyle and a healthier overall lifestyle and so doing things that engage with those people partnering with unique people in different spaces across that like health and wellness spectrum i think can really do some fun things for us and really get people engaged um and if any of your listeners have any great guerrilla marketing or guerrilla buzzy you know tactics we we always love to hear from people like we said we are so open to hearing anyone's ideas for how we can do this thing better and that's why i love you mentioned this podcast being a community and i love that because every time i talk to new people they're like oh yeah i listened to that podcast and then i reached out to that person and i talked to them about it right like it's such a because you mentioned it is this like rising tide raises all boats kind of community people are really open to sharing and helping each other grow which is just like the best part about this whole space i feel like without a doubt and we've done that multiple times nice So how are your plans for Black Friday, Cyber Monday? Are you guys focusing on discounts? Are you focusing on bundles? What's what's your sort of strategy going into the, the biggest holiday of the year? It's definitely been heavy on churn and inventory. Um, so we, you know, we like to not be a discount heavy brand, but obviously people do expect that around this time. And what we've seen with our recurring customer rate, uh, which, you know, continues to increase month over month uh, by, you know, an incremental margin is that once people have the product in their hand, it all makes sense. I mean, we were just at a community event this week where like our sales pitch was, especially when there's a couple, a guy and a girl is like, put the texture on the guy, have him rub it into his hand or his face, hand the girl the ingredient list, and then let them talk to each other about it. So if we can get the product into people's hands, even though we're not supposed to be or don't want to be like a very discount heavy product that's our biggest thing so we're obviously running the standard campaigns that you know you're very well familiar with and a lot of your users are but you know you hit them with an early special you hit Brack friday you hit we're doing something very cool for small business saturday if you drop your email into our list before saturday we're going to be doing something fun for that that i think a lot of people will like and that's to reward the community and thank them for getting us to this point uh then going into the kind of cyber monday tactics um you know one big thing for us is like as we've been saying it's stocking stuffer season and so So uh, Pretty Boy makes a phenomenal stocking stuffer gift, and that's going to be one thing that we're really pushing. A lot of it, though, is tied to getting that inventory out, lowering those CPAs, and getting us to the next phase as we just placed our next order and really preparing for what we anticipate to be a relatively large scale. I mean, with the growth we've been seeing, units per month are going up substantially. And so now we're really starting to optimize our delivery to the customer. Um, And Black Friday paired with an agency and the CPAs that we're seeing, I mean, we're expecting this. It's, It's already our biggest month at this point, And we're expecting this to kind of blow some former months out of the water again with, with the help of other professionals. And it's been really cool to see that happen. That's so cool. I know skincare can be a tough market. You know, I know on, on, on paid social to stand out from the crowd, you know, I, I know it can be a big challenge. So it's really cool. You guys have built such a strong base that you're, you're building from now. How did you go about choosing? What were the main factors in how you chose your agency? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, and I would love Ben's answer too, because, you know, we talked about this for a long time, and I think this is something we went back and forth on, especially from, you know, being a self-funded, you know, agencies, you know, they're not cheap, right? It's all about trying to find the right time when you want to start working with them and finding the right agency. I think for us, um, when we'll give them a shout out, their name's Ads That Disrupt. I mean, first off, like we said, pretty boy, like a name is everything. I love how direct to the point that they were, especially with the attention span of viewers now, what is it, like two seconds? You know, an ads that disrupt, you know, I love that name. Um, they were re they're really focused on being very particular to what we want. So like, you know, just our early um, particular calls set up with them, they were very, um, did their background on us, did their homework, very uh, catered to what we wanted specifically. Sometimes some of these bigger agencies we've seen, they are very cookie cutter they were tailoring each kind of delivery for that specific business at the stage that business was at, um, which we thought to be a huge value add coming into the months of our first Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, so definitely not looking for that cookie cutter formula, um, being able to tailor that to our needs and the stage we're at as a business. Sounds like it's paying off. You agree, Ben? Yeah, I agree. My biggest criteria when evaluating the agency was can they make things look as cool as Kevin has and done it quicker? Like, I'm not even kidding. We had a call right before we actually signed with them where I was like, dude, I'm comfortable with this from the business aspect. We can financially afford this. Do you trust everything you've seen for them to be able to bring your vision to life? Because if that can't happen, like I'm out. And, you know, he gave them that kind of go ahead. And so I think when you look at an agency, and I won't regurgitate too much of what he said, but it is about partnership. And so the people who come in there with the exact same sales pitch, you can tell that they're just going down their checklist and that they view you as a potential churn and burn customer. That is going to immediately be a red flag for us. The fact that they came in with a deep desire to come to the table, find out a structure that would work best for us based on they really understood where our concerns were with the CPAs and delivered their entire model tailored towards specifically impacting that metric you know, that, that brings a lot to the table. And also we always say putting some skin in the game is huge. Um, and so, you know, they were willing to kind of come to us and just say like, this is how confident we are in this. And this is how we can move forward in this agreement in a way, because we want to earn your business. And that's something is aside from any of the egomaniacs out there who just want to feel like they're wanted is like, you do want to see someone, we have to sell every single customer who's bought from us and we write them a thank you note and a handwritten note. And we are so appreciative for that in the same way that like an agency, wants to get a new client like we don't need you to like fluff our feathers but we do need you to show that you really do want to work with us and that you have a strategic vision for how you'll move us to our goals that takes in our feedback but that also relies on your expertise and so once Kevin gave the go ahead and he's like I think they can make things look as cool as I can I was like hell yes I'm sold and let's you know let's do it and it has so far been definitely a work in, you know a positive experience that's I'd awesome. say collaborate. Collaboration was one of the biggest words that they use. Like we talk about partnership, they threw skin in the game. But you know, there's very much people that say, "Hey, I want the agency to handle everything." You know, they came to us. Like we were very, you know, this is our baby. We've worked on this for two and a half years, just validating the concept, validating the product, and they told us this. You know your business. You know the vision you have. You know how do we collaborate on each, you know, ad, each copy? Um, we're willing to do that, and that really stuck out with us. Versus them trying to, you know, act like which they are the professionals. They work with a lot of different industries, but instead of coming in saying like, no, this is how we're going to run it and how we're going to do it, um, collaboration was uh, very key for us. 
Very cool. As a last question here, if I, you might both have different answers, but if I were to give you $50,000, and I think I might know the answer, uh, a $50,000 grant, uh, and yet have to use it in, uh, in 2022 here to set up your growth for 2023. Um, I would say uh, I would spend half of it on scaling the channels that are working because the CPAs have been going down at a relatively quick rate. Um, you know, we're constantly in communication with the agency of approving yes or no of scaling budget. I think that that's one thing that obviously, and I think that's probably where you assume that answer would go. The other thing that, you know, would be really important for us is a combination of like a clinical, a, a true clinical before and after study. It's very difficult getting that stuff organically and people are all too quick to call out, oh, like differences head angle and so getting that set up in a way that can really show the authenticity because we've seen such impressive results with this and social proof is so massive right now and then paired with that other 25k between the clinical before and after studies um, setting up a influencer or creator cohort that is doing the same thing at the same time talking about not only the results the brand appeal the lifestyle correlation and then that emotional tie that it had to them really focusing on people who have overcome adversity really focusing on people who are considering taking a big leap I think as you nail it probably in assuming what our answer would be is we're at the scale phase. So it's really easy to take that question a lot of different ways. And if we were going outside of the calendar year, there's other things that come into that, but scaling those channels right now and launching some of the new channels and then getting some really true clinical before and afters to be used as social proof within an influencer cohort. What do you say, Kevin? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, we touched on it at the beginning, you know, we may think differently, but a lot of times we get to the same answer. Definitely would be, you know, we figured out Facebook ads, I think, Let's keep scaling that. You know, we got the AI cranking, throw in half of it there. And then at the end of the day, you know, we're trying to be a new gold standard for skincare. Everyone out there markets, we're the best, we're the best, we're the best. This is a product for your face. You need data to show that. So I would agree 100% with Ben going out there and continuing to get some of these clinical claims um, just to reinsure and provide trust to our customers that what they're putting on their face is the best. I love the athletic theme that you have on the site a little bit right now with that idea of like athletes who are experiencing life, getting, making themselves better, also taking serious, you know, notion of their, of their self-care. And I think you mentioned uh, an endorsement you had from a football player, defensive end. Uh, and to me, I think that's such an interesting opportunity. If you get like some really high end photo shoot of like the beautiful aspects of some of these like elite athletes, you know, like in their element, and, and you could even have a humorous aspect to it potentially. Like I could see a really cool thing with some, uh, some endorsements from some, some of these high-end athletes that have uh, bought in. Yeah, we're, we're 100% on the same page. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it was, you know, skincare is so confusing at times and men and women do want different things, like we said, and we wanted to put this brand in a medium that men understand, which was health, wellness, and sport. Men know to eat healthy, they know to work out. Let's get them taking care of their face, the largest organ in their body, um, and start, you know, partnering with some of those, you know, more well-known athletic type of males um, really provides that relatability to the brand at the end of the day. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be relatable, trying to be authentic. And again, you know, you want to be able to see yourself in the brand um, and want to help distribute that confidence to men to really take that leap to be the best version of themselves. Not even just athletically too, you know, whether you're going for a job, ask a girl out, um, you know, getting that confidence to just wake up every day and be your best. 
Plus, Kevin's also a Division One national championship football athlete at Ohio State. And so a lot of that problem also came from, if you go ask any of these big athletes, like you said, and those are people we want to continue to work with in the same format as rowbacks and cuts, et cetera. Oh my God. I mean, Kevin can talk about it for hours, but the products that come out of these locker rooms from the grade school, high school, collegiate level, all the way up to the NFL level are super tough. And so these guys are primed for needing something to take care of that moneymaker. They're doing media days. They're sitting up at the podium after a game. Uh, so we're out there trying to make sure all of them have the prettiest face in the game but um you know it was when you talk about that athletic branding i mean thank god we have an actual athlete my football career ended in high school and kevin was able to really position that whole athletic branding approach and lifestyle approach so so uniquely and that was it's been fun to live that out and see some of the people that latch onto it Kevin's the original pretty boy. We didn't mention it, but Kevin, uh, I think he might be the original pretty boy we were mentioning. The OG. <laughs> the OG PB. Original PB, a pretty bad name before this, and then realized, you know, hey, I used to get called a pretty boy in high school by my or by my high school coach for wanting to wear the visor, wanting to wear the sleeve, you know, look good, feel good, play good, right? It's 2022, like, we're all pretty boys now. That's right. All right. A great note to end it on. Thanks for coming on, guys. Let's catch back up uh, once you once you go to when you launch Tomboy Skincare for Girls. Love that. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll catch back up then. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.